we spent the last couple months talking about um, spiritual warfare and defeating the wiles of the devil and the things that we can do, um, that we can partner with God. Not, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that we do these things, right? Because it's God that did it. God provided all these things for us. But we're going to take a little turn today. We're going to talk about healing. I got a series that I've been working on for quite some time about healing. I want to do two things with this, this, this whole series that we're going to enter into. Um, my goal is to create an environment for healing for those that need it. You know, um, Jesus never taught us about, taught about healing. You didn't see him teach much about it. He didn't say, do this, do that, follow this decree, and do this in this order and in this way. He demonstrated the kingdom of God. Jesus preached the kingdom and demonstrated it. And healing is part of the kingdom of God. Go, go, if you got your Bible, go to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Familiar passage of scripture. I've actually heard it already preached one time today, but it's amazing what God does and leads us and guides us but it says Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says the spirit of the Lord is upon me this is Jesus talking it says because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed um, healing isn't just for the body healing is for the soul also it is for the body. It is for the soul. It is for the mind, the will, the emotions. We can heal all those things because they all can get damaged. Um, this whole scripture, and actually, I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to, we read this. This is Jesus talking about. He says, I have come. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, which, in, in essence, that the Spirit of the Lord has been passed on to us through the Holy Spirit. We have to get that. We got to grasp that. We have to understand that He's anointed us in one way or another. The, the anointing that's on my life is not the same anointing that's on anybody of your guys' life. Vern, anybody. It's different. It looks different for everybody. But we all have that anointing because we're born of him. We have the spirit of God inside of us, right? Go to the Luke 9. Luke 9, verse 11. This is a story. Actually, I'm not going to... Yeah, I'm going to read it. Luke 9, verse 11 says, But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him, and they received him and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who had need of healing. This is that story again of the feeding of the 5,000. But what I'm trying to set the stage for today, which will set the stage for later topics about this, is that God's will is health and healing. That's what we're going to talk about today. If, you, if we don't get this First part of it, I, we've been preaching about the first part, the way first part, about it's not, our, it's not us, it's God. It's grace through faith. We've talked about all those things. Um, but there's a little bit, I, wanna, I wanted to give us a little more background here. That it's God's will for health and healing. We, we see, and in, in, I just read it in Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord, he sent us to do, to heal, to recover of sight, all those things that he talked about. And then we, in Luke chapter 9, he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. This is Jesus doing it, you know. Um, he talked to them about the kingdom. 
What is it like to be part of a different domain, a different realm? It's not the earthly realm that we all see, but it's a spiritual thing. It's the kingdom of God. He talked to them and then he healed them and then he fed them. You know, Jesus, as I said earlier, Jesus didn't just teach. A lot of times is what he did is he demonstrated and then he showed them what he did, told them what he did. This is what just happened. I think sometimes we do it backwards. Sometimes we teach and preach and then we try to demonstrate. Maybe we need to demonstrate and then teach and preach. I don't know. I love teaching, don't get me wrong, um, but I love the power of God too when he moves. Um, Really, healing should follow the gospel. Acts 8, 5 through 7 says, And then Philip went out down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. We see that he's preaching, he's preaching salvation. He's talking about Jesus. And the multitudes with one accord heeded these things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Right? He preached the gospel, and then he went and had a deliverance ministry. We see demons were cast out. Healings were happening. Lame were healed in this scripture, right? Again, I'm trying to establish that if we, we see healing all through the out scripture, if it wasn't, man, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Back up. Slow down. I'll be at the end before I get there. <laughs> Colossians 1.13. I'm sharing a lot of scripture verses today because I want you to see this. Colossians 1.13. It says, He had delivered us, I used this earlier, He had delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. What I want you to see of this scripture is, it says He has. It doesn't say He will or that He might or that He wants to, which He does, all those things, right? But He said He has present tense. It's right now. It's for today. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And that power of darkness can be sickness or disease or mental illness. Whatever you can label um, those things. Everything that's contrary to the word, any type of disease, any type of affliction, any type of illness, anything like that is meant to do one thing and it's deter us from God's call in our life, right? So we have to get this, and we have to understand that it's God's will that we are healed. Second Peter 1, 3 through 4 says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through, through lust. You know, this whole message I was just sharing, th this whole message of God's will is for healing is, again, it's just not for your physical body. It's part of it. But it's for the spirit. It's for the soul. It's for the whole man. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power, in the demonstration of the spirit of power. You know, this, the kingdom of God that we're talking about, God's willingness to heal, and his will is for us to be well, this, the kingdom message is a message of healing. I, 
we know the, the old scripture that, or scripture that says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is born when God's will is known in our heart. Right? When, I, when I know what God's will is for my life, that causes faith to increase, causes it to rise up inside of me and say, and then you can have that, that trust, that belief, that, um, what Johnny shared, that whole heart seeking after God, saying, God, I know what your will is. I, I know what that says. I know what the word of God says about me, what, you, what your word says about me. I know what that is. And that causes faith to stir. Sickness is not part of God's plan. Genesis 1.31 says, Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Right? There was no sickness, no disease. None of that was in the Garden of Eden at that time. There was no sickness in the beginning. Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. God's will is health and healing. We see it over and over. Jesus was opposed to sickness. He went about healing who? All. All who were oppressed by... They weren't oppressed by God. They weren't oppressed by themselves. They were oppressed by the devil. Now, I don't think that everybody was demonically possessed and there's a demon at every little sickness, right? There's a, there's, a, there's a pattern behind it and that's patterns in our mind that we need to get rid of, right? In the presence of God, there is only good and that good includes healing. The word salvation, sozo, is actually made up of that same, that word, it's actually deliverance, healing, prosperity. It's, you know, it goes right back to what I shared earlier in the beginning that God is really, what he's trying to teach us to do is to reign in life. Right? Not just in one area, it's in every area of our life. It's in every area, spirit, soul, and body. Right? I can reign in health. I can reign in my finances. I can reign against all kinds of things that God said you could reign against. Right? We can reign. We can be examples of what Jesus did. The cross has provided that means for us to reign in life. It's not by how hard I work. It's by how much I believe. Right? Now, God calls us to partner with him. I'm, I'm going to go down that road a little bit. He calls us to, co to co-labor with him. But here's what it is. It's, what do you want me to do, Lord? Okay. Yeah. It, I don't have to come up with some scheme or some way to get healed. I just say, how do I do this, God? And he'll tell you. And maybe it's rest. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Right? But it's listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Right? And if you don't know, then you just wait. That's part of faith. Right? <laughs> Some of the most dangerous questions I've ever asked God is why. <laughs> it gets you into lots of trouble sometimes. Not, not in a bad way, but it's, it, you almost, I almost get embarrassed sometimes when I ask God why. So why, why this? And, and then you, you get your answer and you just kind of go, okay. <laughs> I, I, I understand now, Right? I mean, I can, I can share a time in my life when we were at a different church and there was a lot of spiritual warfare going on and I was de depressed and I was this and I was that. And, and I just, I finally, one day it's like, why? Right? 
And it was the answer really was just because I need you to do this. And now, three years, five years down the line, I understand it. God showed it. He didn't tell me in that moment, right? He just, the, basically, his answer was trust me, right? I put you here for a reason. I put you here to fight this fight. And you, you, you wonder why. But I know that a lot of good happened out of that. We're talking about God's will for health and healing. And you know, and, and then through that, I, I, I'm going to back that, so I'm going to share a little more about that story. Through that time in my life, that trial that I went through, and I know it wasn't God that led me down that path, but God knew that path was going to happen, and he provided all the way. But I found healing in that. I actually grew in that situation. I, I don't want to ever look at that. You know, God sometimes walks, you walk through these trials, and when you follow God through a trial and trail, and you go up and down the hill, and you crash and burn, and you pick yourself up, and you dust yourself off, and you, and you go is all you got to do is say, oh, <laughs> I learned something from that. Trials and temptations never try to, I mean, let, me, let me say this a different way. Satan always tries to put you in a trial and temptation to take something from you. God always takes that and uses it to teach you something, to bring you to a place of higher, to a place of elevation, right? Was it Mary that shared that all good things, um, all, no, somebody help me, I'm losing my mouth. Everything, nope, somebody said it, shared it. <laughs> God uses, works together all things to, the, to good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Sorry. But so those trials and temptations, those things that we go through are meant to take us to an elevation, take us to the next place. Revelation 22, verse 2 says, In the middle of its street and on the either side of the river was the tree of life. And there bore twelve fruits, each, yielding, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healings of the nations. Right? This, the word healing in this actual scripture, the reason I went there is it's the word therapia. There you go. <laughs> I struggle with some of these words, but it's good. It means medical service, cure or healing, right? So we, we, we talked about, we've been talking about a lot of this about God. is It's his will for us to heal. But let's go look in it. I want to show you more that Jesus has had a willingness to heal. John 6, 38, he says, I came to do the will of of him who sent me, paraphrasing that verse, right? Jesus demonstrated healing, and he only does God's will, then healing must be God's will. So if he only does what God told him to do, and he walked up to the, the blind man and healed him, then it's got to be God's will for him, for him to be healed, right? But we, we have to remember that that will is not just for him. If he healed that person, he wants to heal everyone because God's no, no respecter of persons. What he'll do for you, one, he'll do for anybody. Mark 1, 39 through 41. Mark chapter 1, verse 39 through 41. It says, And he was preaching in their synagogues through all Galilee and casting out demons. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him 
and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. Be cleansed. Right? I mean, it doesn't get a whole lot simpler than that. Jesus said, I'm willing to heal. Right? And because he lives in us, now that responsibility gets transferred to us. We're going to talk about that a little bit down the road, but I want to plant a seed for that. That responsibility of healing, that power that God has behind it to demonstrate his power is brought into us. Um, Mark chapter 5 has got a story about Jairus and his daughter and the woman with the issue of blood. I'm not going to read that. It's a long thing, but you guys remember the stories? Everybody have a context of what that is? This is... they came to and oh, excuse me. Jairus came to Jesus and said, "Hey, I, I need to you need to come. And my, my daughter is sick and she's dying." And this woman in this th- crowd reached up to Jesus and she just grabbed the hem of his garment. She just had this faith and trust, and she said, "If I can just trust, touch his garment, right? If I can just touch his garment, then I'll be healed." And we know the story. She did. She reached out, touched the hem of his garment, and he was healed. But Jesus noticed this, right? He noticed, and he said, "Wait, wait a minute. What just happened? There, there was power that went out of me, right?" Jesus didn't come up to him and say, "You know what? It's my will that you be well." And then he prayed a five-minute prayer. They just touched him, and he, he was—they were healed. If it wasn't his will for healing, I don't know how you could say it. it's not. He didn't do anything. He, I, I should. I, I got to be very careful. <laughs> Jesus did a lot. Don't get me wrong, but it was just being in His presence caused that healing. Now we can expound and talk about faith, and we can go into all kinds of little side trails, and but um, we're not going to do that today. But this lady, she just just by touching His garment, He was healed. And then we see right in the right in this whole same story, Jesus goes to Jairus' daughter, and He heals her. Right? 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God are yes and amen. Right? So if God promises us health and healing, and it's his will for us to be healthy and whole, we can say yes and amen to this. Matthew Matthew chapter 8. I told you I was going to read a lot of scripture today. I can stand up here and talk a lot, but the Word of God does it all for me. So I can just keep reading story after story and expound a few little words here and there. But Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, it says, when Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does this. Then Jesus heard it. He marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way. 
And as, as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that very same hour. Those, all these stories, that I, I, I'm not reading them to break them down into huge um, theological debates and debates about faith and this and that and trust and unbelief. And we can go down those roads and maybe we will someday. But here's, I'm reading these stories to instill one thing in your heart. And it, it, that thing is that Jesus has a willingness to heal. Amen. He wants to do this. It's his will. But as I said, we see through these, two, these few stories that I read that Jesus responds to faith and he meets us at that point, right? I'm not going to say how much faith or how little faith because it doesn't make a difference right now, right? He responds to faith and it, the Bible says the faith of a mustard seed is all you need. It actually says, and he gave each one a measure of faith. Yes. So how, who am I to say? I'm not talking, we're not talking about faith right now. We're talking about his willingness to heal. Because faith is just what? I trust you. You know, The Bible says that, um, actually, there's a teaching by Andrew Womack that I listened to years and years and years ago, and it's called Don't Limit God. If you, if you ever want to listen to a teaching that'll challenge your thi- theology, I'll, I'll bring it. I have it on CD. You can listen to it. It's on audio. I can put it on there for nothing. But it says, don't limit God, right? And the, 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 whole, the whole thing behind this is that we can put limits on God. We can stop God from moving. Now, I can't stop his eternal destiny and his eternal plan, right? We can't do that. But I can stop God working in my life. You know, negative people can choke the word of God in an environment of faith. Um, That's why Paul talks about all the time. He says, focus on these things. Dwell on everything that's peaceful and lovely and kind and good, right? Stop thinking about all this bad stuff that's coming at us and just turn your eyes. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Somebody know the song? Come on. (laughs) I knew somebody would know it. (laughs) I know the first line. Something about wonderful face. So we're going to go back to Mark chapter 2. You know, we, we, we need to be very careful as we're, as we're processing this environment that we're trying to set up of healing, that we don't, we don't take to those negative thoughts. We don't take those, the, 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 the seeds that are sown in unbelief and doubt into us. We need to stay away from that stuff, and we need to keep believing and keep pressing in and keep hearing this over and over and over and over and over again that, you know what? It's God's will to be, for us to be well. Um, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Actually, I want to share story yesterday and and i've been dealing with some stuff nothing major i mean i i woke up yesterday morning i was exhausted i didn't feel good i almost felt like i was running a fever but i wasn't i just i tried to get up i wouldn't feel good i tried to and I, i just didn't know what was going on but i knew it wasn't from god i knew it was not god's will for me to be that way i had about 18 things i wanted to do yesterday and i just i could not function in any of it and I finally 
slept, and about 2 o'clock, I, I was like, you know what, this is ridiculous. I'm done. And I got up, and I did what I needed to do. I mean, I didn't have the whole day like I wanted to have the whole day. But it's, it's that same, we need to recognize those things that are coming against us and say, you know what, enough is enough. Right. Um, I can share another story that happened a couple of weeks ago when I was up in Bethel, and one of the ministers that was up there that was preaching that Sunday said, there's like four people I know that have pain in their knee and their knee has been bothering them. Um, so he wanted to pray for everybody that had bad knees. And my, I, my knee had been hurting me for weeks. Limp, couldn't get up the steps, had to use the handrails or whatever. It was bothering. It wasn't debilitating, but it was like every time I turned around, wake up in the middle of the night, my knee hurt or whatever. And I finally, the, the day before, I finally got fed up with it. And I finally said, enough is enough. I'm done with this. And I just commanded that knee to be healed, right? And I woke up the next morning and my knee was fine. But my mom, she knew my knee was bothering me because hers was bothering her too. And she said, well, why didn't you go up for prayer? I said, because my knee's healed. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, I prayed about it last night and it went away. Oh, well, you see, I said, no, I don't need to go back for prayer anymore. It's, it's taken care of. Not that we don't want to seek over again, but hopefully I'm setting up this atmosphere of healing. We're at back to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 says, And he again, and again he entered Capernaum, talking about Jesus, after some days, as it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately they gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. There's a crowd following Jesus, and the, um, they're in this house, and he's preaching. Then he came to him, then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed in which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived it in his spirit that they reasoned thus with themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. We, you know, as we talked earlier about reigning in life and what the cross offered us, the, what Jesus did on the cross, what he paid for, that the grace of God when Jesus was on that cross is a function of healing and it's also a function of re forgiveness of sin. They, they make this connection here about, I'm not saying because you're sick is because of sin, it, but it is. But it might not be you. It might be somebody else's sin. It, it all, it, we can attribute it all the way back. All of it stems back to Adam. Right? Because that's when sin entered the world, right? I'm not, I'm not telling you that because you're not well is because of, of your sin. If that's the case, God will tell you that. 
But what I'm trying to make this connection here is that a lot of people believe that their sins are forgiven. They'll stand up and tell you, oh yeah, Jesus forgave my sins. I'm going to heaven, right? We know that when we've been preaching that, a lot of people believe that. But here's what Jesus said. He says, you get to buy one, get one. You get a BOGO here. When you, when you believe and you put your faith in me, you get forgiveness of sin and you get healing. You, they're, they're a package deal. You can't separate them. Because the healing that he gave, that he provided for us through the forgiveness of sin is what heals our spirit. Now, the rest of that stuff gets healed eventually through time, through pursuit of him, through seeking him with all your heart. Again, a lot of people struggle with that concept that, you know what, I don't know about healing. But they're, they're, it's, again, it's a package deal. They come together. Ephesians 4, verse 32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Right? It's done. It's already taken care of. Now I want to look at another little aspect of this healing. We've been talking. We know, we've, I've kind of established that it, it was God's will to heal. I think we all got that through Scripture. And that Jesus demonstrated it. Right? So if Jesus demonstrated it, it must be God's will. But here's what I, I want to look at another little thing. Jesus gave this the same authority, the same power that he had to cure disease. To all that. He gave that same thing to other people. Luke 9, verse 1, to 1 and 2 says, And then he called his disciples, his 12 disciples together, and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure disease, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Amen. Yeah, hallelujah. Right? But I, I like the, the next story better. You know why I like the next story better? Luke 10, verse 1. It says, Luke 10, verses 8 and 9 says, Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things that are set before you and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. But you know what's better about this story? He commissioned 70 people, not 12. <laughs> the best part about it is he said, we're, we're taking this up. We're going to reign now. We're, we're bringing this to the higher level. Verse 1 says, And after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. So I, I jumped ahead of myself. but So instead of 12 commissioning them to go heal the sick, now he said, you know what? I'm sending 70. But you know what? That's not even the best part. The best part comes next. Right? Instead of sending 12 or 70, we get all the way to the end of the, end of the Gospels. Mark chapter 16. What does he say? He says in verse 14, he says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him and had risen. And he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So what did Jesus do? He went from this level at 12, to this level at 70, to this level at, there's only one qualification. There's only one qualification to that scripture. It's those who believe. That's it. That's the only qualification. 
He, he, took that, he took his power and authority and he gave it to a Bible study. <laughs> and then he took that Bible, that, that, and he said, hey, you know what? Maybe it was a family that started off. Then it was a Bible study. But then he gave that commission. This commission that they're reading is to the church. The, the word commission in Strong's means permission. That is, by implication, full power. If Jesus gave us a commission to heal the sick, he gave us all the power and authority to do it. But here's this, this um, implication of this word commission comes from a root word that it really applies to turn over. He didn't say, I'm keeping this, but I'm going to give you part of it. He said, here, take it all. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you all the power and authority that I have. It can mean to turn over or to transfer. See, I'm going to end it here. Um, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to end here in a few minutes. But here's a statement that the Lord showed me. He says, the church is, or we are, an enemy of sickness. Sickness, disease, oppression. We are an enemy of sickness. We are an enemy against any form of darkness. Acts 5, verse 12 says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done through the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of them rested, none of the rest dared join them. But the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. You know, when I, when I was reading this um, scripture the other day, when I was putting this together, the Lord kind of saw. I just had this, it wasn't a vision, but it, this is like impression of my heart. Maybe it was a vision. Um, I don't know however you want to say it, whatever. It doesn't make no difference. But that the people brought multitudes out into the street. And when, when, I, when I read the word street, the first thing that came to my mind was what we're going to do with the backpack giveaway. We're going to cordon off a section of the street. We're going we're, we're gonna to set aside. We're going to feed the 5,000. We're going to... <laughs> this, is a, uh, this is something we need to pray into and, and, and seek the Lord's counsel on how he wants us done. Um, we've got music. We've got food. We've got things to bring people to God, right? To bring them to a place where they can receive. They can... It's going to be in the street. That was the whole thing. And he laid them on the beds and couches at least the shadow of Peter. Has anybody got any couches and beds they want to donate? We'll put them out there. I don't know. I read, this really touched me when I read that, and it really just kind of woke something up inside of me that we need to pray in this direction. We need to seek God's will and how this is going to happen. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit move through this backpack giveaway, the food drive, and the whatever else that becomes of that, that we see this kind of stuff happening. Amen. We need to see yes. the people that come here set free. Yes. You know, yes. right? 
salvation is awesome. I love it. And that's great. That's the, that's the biggest part of being set free. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But I want to see radical change in people at the power of God. I want to see drug addicts be clean. I want to see people that don't know anything be set free. Those that are, those that are oppressed being delivered. He goes on in verse 15, he says, So that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by may fall on some of them. <laughs> I think about that. It's like, so the, the shadow, I guess if Jesus' garment, touching his garment, could heal somebody, I suppose we could believe for our shadows to heal people. Right? It's, I, I really think this is a whole idea of setting this up that, you know, there's, there's more than one way to minister this, this type of healing. There's, there's more than just laying hands on somebody. And, I, and I, I'm not trying to discount any of that. But what we want is we want God to show up. We want God to show up. Because who does the work? He does. Right? I can do the work. I can clean a bathroom. I can clean the mop the floor. I can talk to people all day. I can do that kind of work. But if you want to see people delivered and set free, God's got to be involved. I can't set anybody free. So we're going to believe this today. At the end, we're going to pray. And we're going to believe some of this stuff. It says, also as the multitude gathered from the surrounding cities. (laughs) This This whole thing just download this big download of information in my head. Okay, so if we're going to believe that people are going to come and they're going to get fed and they're going to get delivered and they're going to get signed, what about the cities next door? Right? They need the same thing that Jesus has got that we're going we're gonna to help bring. It says, A multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bringing sick. Jerusalem is really the house of God. It's the temple of God. It's the place where God dwells in the city, right? Um, so why can't we believe that surrounding cities are going to bring people too? Well, and I, I know we, we have testimonies of the last outreach that we did. People drove 60 miles to get their hair cut. <laughs> Remember the, the lady was from like South Bloomington or something, or it was a long ways away. Being bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Right? We want to we wanna go after the wiles of the devil. We want to take Satan out where he, where he has no power anymore. We want to keep picking away at that and chipping away at large chunks of that the oppression that's in this city. Um, we need to believe big. In 1 Corinthians 12, is the lift, gifts of the Holy Spirit. We, we know that it all talks about healing as one of the gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to close with this, James 5, verses 14 through 16. There, there was an expectation in the church. An expectation. We, 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 can, we can look at hope as a confident expectation. And faith is the evidence of things hoped for. And we, we, can, we can play this game and put all these puzzle pieces together and teach and believe in this. But we're just going to stick to this one thing. We're going to believe that God's going to move. Yeah. We're going to have expectation. Yeah. As a church, we're going to expect healing. Yeah. 
right? James 5.14 says, if anyone among you is sick, let him call to the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will rise him up. And if he has committed, no, committed sins, he will be forgiven, right? So we, we see this whole picture starting out from the beginning, God's will. Jesus' willingness, and now he passed that on to us. And our expectation as a body of believers is to believe for God, the miraculous. We're, we're going to cross a line here. Not, and it's going to be good. <laughs> it's not like crossing that don't cross this line. It's like, no, we want to go across that line. right? And it's not the finish line. It's just the beginning. God's taking us into a different place. Be ready for it. Amen. Be ready for it. When, it when, when an opportunity happens, be ready. Yes. Right? Yeah, you, you, you've all heard the old adage that, you know, the tree plant, it's, it's actually scripture where the tree planted by the river will bear fruit in season. I don't believe that no more. Because Jesus cursed the fig tree that didn't produce fruit in season. The whole concept of that whole story is the Bible says be ready in season and out of season. Right? Not that we have to conjure any magical fruit up. Right? The fruit is a product of remaining in him. Yes. Right? I know that we, when you plant yourself by the river, that, that the fruit, you'll bear fruit in the season. Right? But the, the New Testament takes this into this another level. It's like, we're ready right now. I don't have to wait till the next season. I believe in seasons and times. Don't get me wrong. Right? There is a time for everything. But that season is, as we said earlier, beginning of the year, it's harvest season. Yes. 